following is a presentation of Radio Alabama Sports. This broadcast is copyrighted by Radio Alabama for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without Radio Alabama's consent is strictly prohibited. This is the Star Physical Therapy Kickoff Show on the Aggie Sports Network. Star Physical Therapy, where you don't have to be a star to be treated like one. Friday night, 5 o'clock, this is the Star Physical Therapy Kickoff Show on the Aggie Sports Network, presented by our friends at Coosa Pines Federal Credit Union. Starting 30 minutes early tonight is Jeremy Law and Michael Adair taking you all the way up until 6 where Brent Ashley and Matt Crocker will join me live from Legion Stadium. Michael Adair, big pregame show tonight, big game. Silicaga hosting a first-round playoff game for the first time since 2001, looking um, for their first playoff win since 2013 at Valley. Big night tonight, even bigger guest. Oh, yeah, man. It's been 20 years since we've hosted, so we had to go big time tonight, man. We, we got you a special guest. It's, uh, you, we can't really tell you. you got to hang around the next segment to figure it out. But I think everybody will like it, that's for sure. All right, well, that's a tease, and it's, it's tough to give a tease without giving the name. We have Antonio Langham coming up on the Star Physical Therapy kickoff show. Stay with us. This is the Aggie Sports Network from Coosa Pines Federal Credit Union. Live from the Sleeping Giant Heating and Cooling Broadcast Booth, this is Silicaga High School Football. Back in on the Star Physical Therapy kickoff show. Star Physical Therapy, where you don't have to be a star to be treated like one. We're in the Sleeping Giant Heating and Cooling Broadcast Booth. Some of your buddies over there, Wes, Tim Butler, taking care of us, as always. Inside of the Sleeping Giant Heating and Cooling Broadcast Booth is Silicaga hosting the Andalusia Bulldogs tonight. First-round playoffs, Aggies the two-seed, Bulldogs the three-seed. A lot to dive into on this Star Physical Therapy kickoff show. But, Michael Ader, as we were saying earlier, a phenomenal guest here um, in in the pregame. He's got a lot of titles. He's been a lot of places. But I like to call him – I think his claim to fame is volunteer – Defensive backs coach, Sylacauga High School. What do you think? Oh, I, I think that's probably what he's most famous for. But I'm going to correct you on one thing before we get going is is Wes and Danny and Kyle Butler. I think Tim is uh, – he's he's retired now. So, we got those three guys. And and the booth has never been more um, climate controlled than it is now, I'll say. Well, we'll need the heat tonight. But we are joined by Antonio Langham, former national champion at the University of Alabama. I think seven or eight-year NFL veteran – Pro Bowler, great to have you on the show, Antonio. I know you were an Aggie last year. Man, it's just great to have you in the booth today. Jeremy, Mike, it's good to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I uh, I was at Silicaga, man. It, it was it was touching the other night. I came to the game, uh, man, and, and uh, against Hopeville, man, and I had a chance, and all of them made their way over there to say hello to me right before halftime, and then the gang got ready to start the second half. I was announced over the PA system, and all the guys turned and said, "We love you, Coach, man." I, you know, I think I had a tear in my eye, but I had to man up and hide it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I about had one in mind. I was standing over there next to you, Coach, and all those kids. They just came up to you, and they, I could just tell that they just respected. You. There was a level of respect there, and 
I could tell that you were probably sitting there thinking, man, I, I wouldn't mind being back out here coaching, and I, I hope that happens. Yeah, I, I, I felt it. I felt it. And, and the more I saw Jeremy Odom, the more I needed – the more I – the more I know I needed to be back out there <laughs> because I know I know how he is at times. He's a great kid, but he can he can he can start doing his own things at times. So I I can see I maybe needed to be out there to reel him back in every now and then. Well, coach, you, you you'd been that volunteer assistant for a while. You'd followed your good friend Andrew Zhao around. What what was that friendship like between you and Andrew and y'all coached and he told me, before you answer the question, I just wanted to tell the listeners that he told us a story one time that when he asked you to come coach and help him, he didn't really think you were going to do it. And he said, at practice, all the kids started looking around, and this fancy Land Rover something pulls up, and everybody's looking around, and, and out you jump, and you showed up. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says. That, that's what he said. Well, it's, it's the truth. What he, what he did was he asked me to come speak to the team. Mm. And I, I came out that day, and I, he said, man, I wouldn't like you to come – and speak to my team, so I go out to speak to the team, right? And I'm out there, I speak to the team, and he was like, and it was right before practice, so he says, "It's in Montevallo, right?" Yeah, Montevallo. Yeah. He says, "Now, he was like, you know, we getting ready to go into practice, so if you just want to go down and watch our defensive backs, you know, if you see something you want to you want to correct, then you go right on ahead." So I go down and I watch the defensive backs. I go through practice. We we talking after practice, then it comes back. It comes back. Now, anytime you want to come back out here, man, you're more than welcome, <laughs> right? So I go home, a few days pass. I feel that, that, that itch again. So I'm going to go out here and watch practice again. I go out, I watch practice another time. Now, to be perfectly clear, I had a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> it wasn't okay. a Land Rover. Okay. I had a Jeep Wrangler, and it had the loud system in there and the wheels <laughs> and all the, the bells and whistles that a Jeep needs on there. And, and those kids <laughs> – they saw that Jeep, and everybody wanted to drive it to the prom. I said, well, there's only one steering wheel in there, so everybody can't drive it to the prom. But we are. Uh, and before I know it, I'm, I come to practice here and there, and I'm back and forth. I'm watching practice. I'm getting a little practice, and the next thing I know, I'm there one day at practice. We get through with practice, and I think it was maybe a, a Thursday practice. And I go in the office. I'm just sitting around there talking to the guys, and he's passing out. They were getting ready for the season. He's passing out. Coaches, uh, well, it was during the season. He he passed out coaching the tire, and he tossed me a shirt <laughs> and a cap. Bet and he I did. looked, I looked at him, and I'm like, "What's this for?" He's like, "Well, you, since you've been coming out here so much, I figured you may just want a shirt and a cap, so you ever decided to come back to the game." And the rest of it was history. And this the same. It happened the same way. I helped over at uh, Mountain Brook for a while with Joy Jones. Mm-hmm. I, I had just finished retiring. I was just going out to Mountain Brook. Keep training and working. I was like, you know how you take that year off. You thinking maybe I want to come back and try, try to go back to the NFL. So I'm out there training. And Joy Jones was like, I see you out here every day working out. So you, you're right across from the practice field. So when you finish working out, just walk on over here to, to practice and just watch a little bit. And before I know it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Mountain Brook down and I'm going. I'm traveling the games and all that. So. Yeah, they know how to, they know how to get me. Invite me to come speak to your team. <laughs> right, 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 right. Now, Antonio uh, Zao, he did embellish that a little bit then with the car, but he also told us this. Tell us if this is true. He said he ran into Coach Saban at practice, and Coach Saban got on him, and he said, "Listen, I heard you got Antonio Langham out there coaching DBs, and you're not even paying the man anything but a hamburger." And and Saban, did, did he get on him about that? That's true. We were at a, we were at a golf tournament. That's true. <laughs> and I was complaining. I said, Coach, 
He's the man only paying me a hamburger. <laughs> I said, at least he could put cheese on the hamburger for me. Make it. And then Coach Saban was like, you know, Coach Saban, he used some different words for that, but he was like, well, if you got the man out and you want to pay him a hamburger, he said, man, at least get a man a hat. He said, at least get a man a combo meal. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Antonio, you're, uh, man, I had a fun time when, when you were here and Coach Zow were here, and uh, I really think it started kind of this trajectory um, for this team rolling into this year, being able to host a first-round playoff. I wanted to ask, you know, are you keeping up with Coach Zow? You, you can kind of speak every day, once a week since he's up there at Clemson. How's he doing? He, he, he's doing as well as he could possibly do with the situation. I really haven't – I talked to him, at least try to talk to him at least once a week. But I'm, I'm, I'm ready to tell him you may want to just come back to high school football for what's <laughs> going on in Clemson right now. But I'm, I'm sure they, they're working hard. I'm sure Dabo and that crew, they, they'll get it turned around. But he's, he, he's, he's loving it, man, it, I, I don't think we'll see him back in high school I don't anymore. Think so either. And Dabo's one of your teammates. Yeah, Dabo's my teammate in college, and uh, I know I, I try to. I know they they struggling with teams, but they winning by a touchdown here and there. So I try to lighten the load sometimes. So I called Dabo the other day. He didn't answer, but I left a message. Usually answer, but he didn't answer this time. And I le- I left him a message. I said, "Hey man, you can answer the phone. It's nobody but your nightmare. <laughs> They're lined up across in front of you all, and so." You can call you can you can call me back. You can answer the phone. It, it, it's just me. Your nightmare. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. You know, Antonio. A lot of our listeners may not know your complete background, man. You're you're from Town Creek, Alabama. It's about eleven, twelve hundred people there, and it's Correct. the home. It's the home of one of the I think is probably the best dynasty in Alabama high school history. And a lot of people don't know that either. But Hazelwood High School. It would rival anything Hoover's ever done. I, I took a quick look at this. Hazelwood has nine state championships. They have seven players that were in, in, in the NFL. Hoover has six. And they they just, I mean, they went from 1981 to 2000 and were just unbeatable, man. Talk a little bit about your background there, Hazelwood. Well, like, like you said, town coming from growing up in Town Creek, you, you you got you, you probably probably about sixteen hundred people now. We probably grown just a little bit. Well, we probably are back at eleven twelve hundred because yeah. people moved out after they closed the high school. But growing up in Town Creek, it it was so small, it was so competitive. Walk walking down the street was a street race. You know, if if you and your cousins are walking, next thing you know you're racing. Everybody takes off running to see who's the fastest. Everything was competitive. Even the older, even the older guys, with Chris and Karen, those guys, us growing up, we we played this little game called run through the middle, and all of them would line up, and we would have to try to either run through them or dive over the top to score a touchdown. It it was just so competitive. Believe it or not, in Town Creek, if you are a male in Town Creek and you do not play football in Town Creek, you were an outcast. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> you really you really were. Well, that's what everybody identified with back then. I mean, Hoover, they got on MTV, and everybody sort of jumped on the bandwagon. But but at, at Hazelwood, you know, you played for your city. You played right. for your family. You played for your aunts and your uncles, and it was different. I mean, I talked to a good friend of mine who played basketball against you in high school, and he played at coffee. And I called him, and I said, listen, we're going to have Antonio on the show. I want you to tell me a little bit. He said, listen, he said, when we played them in basketball – he said Antonio was a point guard, and he said he covered half the floor. He said you could not. He said he could get around the whole floor, 
And he had a guy on his team you'll probably remember, Antonio. His name was Rayfield Ragland. Yes. Went to Clemson. Yes. And, and he and he said that y'all were very competitive. I think y'all won one and they won one. But right. He said your cousin, Tarrant Lynch, was on the team. Right. And uh, he went on to play it. What did he play at Alabama? He was running back. back. He was running back. Running back. Running yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. So 1A high school with two Alabama starters on the high school team. Jeremy, listen to this. We go play – our basketball coach, he scheduled this game against Coffee High School. Mike, this this is this true story. We walk in the gym in Coffee, Ragnar, Rayford Ragnar, all these guys. At best, our tallest guy was 6'2", and everybody else was either 5'10", 5, 5'11", 5, or 6 feet. So we really had no big man, and we walk in, and we're getting ready to warm up, and everything on Coffee's end of the floor was six three and taller. They going up, they laying the ball up over the rim all day long, and we're looking and we're like, we looking at our coach like you can't be serious, man. <laughs> Y'all are one A, and, and we one A. These guys hit like five A, something like that. You walk us into this gym with this, yeah, and man. We get out there, and it was a dunk fest all night. And oh I mean, boy! Man, every time they get the ball, they were just, and they were talking noise. I mean, they were letting us have it. <laughs> And we couldn't say nothing. And I'm like, how do you expect us to be jumping over our head, getting yeah. rebounds? So we, the game is over. He says, we go home. You know, our coach says, he doesn't say a word. The following year, we played him. We played him again. And we, and we, we figured it out. We can't play half court with him. We got to get out and we got to run. Baby, you'd have thought you'd seen the Lakers. And you'd have you seen Showtime that night. That's what he said. We was running so fast, man. Every time the ball came off the rim, we was on the go. It wasn't no stop sign, no red light. That's how you we was play. running through everything. That's, that's exactly what he said. And he said, y'all were in the middle of that dynasty. He said, nobody knew it. He said, that we didn't know Langham and, and Lynch and all those guys were D1 guys. He said, no, you didn't have the internet. He said, but, buddy, after the game, he said, we knew we played some studs. He said, I can promise you that. Yeah. That that's a good point. Going back to uh, Antonio's high school days, is I was gonna. Ask, what was that world like being recruited? Like you didn't you didn't have twenty four seven sports laying out the top three hundred guys overall in uh, in high school. What was that like for you? I'm sure that you got you had the offers from the Alabamas, the Auburns, and, and the rest of them. What what was that process like for you? in, what was that the early nineties, yeah, late eighties, yeah, or somewhere around there? Eighties, early nineties, man. It, it was totally different. Like you said, we didn't have ESPN. We didn't have uh, ESPN 300. We had like what was it? I think it was Chip Lindsay's. His his everybody was gonna eat him. You were considered a blue chipper or not. That was it. That's right. <laughs> and the, and the crazy part, I was listed on on the list as a as a defensive back as a blue chipper, and like right behind me, it was my name, and then right up under me, and it's the truth. Right up under me was Allen Iverson as a defensive. He was he Is was that on that right? list. He was wow. a blue chipper. Yes, Allen Iverson was in that same magazine with me as a blue chipper man. He could play football, Iverson. Uh, Where did he play high school ball, Antonio? He was out of a uh, – His highlight tape, go watch it when you get yeah. home. Ooh. He's out of out of Virginia somewhere mm-hmm. here. I forgot what his name was. He out of Virginia. Oh, his highlight tape. Unreal. It's unreal. He could have made it in football, Yours man. Yours pretty good too, though, man. Man, I'm telling you. And, and that's how – but see, that's how I like recruiting there because these coaches actually had to go – to stadiums and sit in the stadium and watch these kids play. Now you just hit a recruiting service right? and say, hey, send me some film on this kid and that kid. 
And it, I don't like that. Go out there and look at this kid because just because I seen you some highlight tapes, every 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 tape I seen you of him highlight is what him doing good. It's his best play, isn't it? There every time. Show me him when it's fourth quarter and it's late and the game is a grind and he's tired. What what is he doing then? That's what I want to see. Don't sit there and just give me give me film and he got twenty plays and all of them his greatest the greatest plays of all time. You know, give me. Give me that work when he's right. signed, and let me see what he looks like when he's, he's digging. Antonio, you mentioned Kerry in passing. You were talking about your other cousin, Kerry Good, that played at Alabama. I actually saw him last week, or the Tennessee game, I think it was. He was on campus. Right. Tell us how he's doing. I know he's battling. Is it ALS he has? ALS, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, well, he's, he's probably like six or seven years into it. Usually they said a lifespan of that is about five years, but he he's he's doing good. Actually – he was at the um, he he was at the Braves World Series game. Was he he really? wasn't in Houston when he was at the one awesome. the last yeah, one they played. There was his wish to go watch the Braves play in the World Series, and it was granted, and he had an opportunity. It was it was all over TV. They they talked about. So I can say this much: even with ALS, Kerry is 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 enjoying his life, and he he's living his best life right now. He's going places. He's he's doing a he's doing a lot of things, and I mean. It's, you you know what that disease brings behind it, and, and that you know people are like, well, you handle it very you handle it very well. When I'm like, well, I've already experienced it before with Kevin Turner, That's my right. other teammate in college. Right. So you understand the disease, and you understand what it does to him and how it goes. So you just you don't you don't you don't concern yourself with the end results. You just enjoy each and every day and every moment that you have with him. So. Well, Kerry, what what struck me the most is he was smiling from ear to ear. I mean, oh, he yeah. he was happy as he could be, and I, I that really sat on me, you know. Right, he he enjoys it now. He 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 used to get around him. He still wants to tell jokes and crack yeah. jokes and the whole nine. And he was a good player, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was man. That's that's now now out of all those those guys that came through Town Creek, all my relatives and friends and all that. Now that's the one. They gave me that 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 real push because he would mm-hmm. come home in the summer, and he would go out to the football field by himself and work out. And here I am, a teenager in this recliner chair, and it's hot outside. I don't want no. I want no part of outside. <laughs> he he's looking at me like, you don't really want to go to Alabama, do you? And I'm like, what you mean by that? I'm like, they're not even recruiting me. But if they do, I I would like to go to Alabama if they start recruiting. Me. He said they're never gonna recruit you. It's 90 degrees outside, and you're worried about the heat. So you're sitting in here in a recliner chair watching TV. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go work out. He was like, put your shoes on. Come on, go work out with me. Let's go for a two-mile jog or something. He really wanted you to – he was pushing you. He, he was, you he was pushing well. me. He and then on, on Friday nights, he would call – on Thursday nights, he would call to the house, and he would be like, I'll have more touchdowns than you will Friday. <laughs> well, how many touchdowns you have Friday – I have I will have one more than you on Saturday. So wow, I had to stop answering that phone call <laughs> <laughs> because I got selfish on Friday nights. Yeah. I would try to score every time I touched the ball. There were situations where I should have let the ball roll at when I'm at punt returner, but I'm trying to pick it up and score a touchdown. So I had to realize that you still got to play team ball just because yeah. he called you, challenging you. So, but he he pushed me, man. I. If I had time, I got a really quick story to tell you. I get to Bama as a freshman, and I'm, I'm like, they're telling me, 
all the guys on the team were like you're too small. I, and this is true. I went in at Bama in 165. Good it was great. like you're too you're too small. They're gonna have to put weight on you. You can't play safety. Yeah, these are the guys I'm playing with. I'm like, man, I've never set out of football in my life. I started playing varsity in the ninth grade. I was starting at varsity on the varsity in the ninth grade. I'm not sitting out. And I kept hearing and and it, and it's and it, and it soaked in. So I called Kieran one day. I was like, man, I think this was a bad choice to go to Bama. I don't. They talking like I'm never gonna play down here because I'm too small. I was like, man, I need to think about just leaving and going somewhere else. I don't know where in the world Kerry was that day. All I know is three hours later, he pulled up at the dorm. He walked upstairs to my room. He said, "Come on, go with me." We left. We went to a restaurant. We had. We went to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> this is true. He let me have one margarita. <laughs> he said, you can have one margarita that you can eat. And we had this long talk. And he said, now I'm getting ready to take you back to the dorm. He said, don't you call me anymore until one of those coaches tell you they're going to red search you. Until then, you go out there and you grind and you fight every single day to prove yourself. No make no difference how big or how small you are. You prove yourself. Don't call me anymore. Now, when the coaches call you and say they're going to red search you, then we'll talk about it later. He dropped me off. I went out there. Coach Oliver was like, hey, you on the traveling squad? You're going to be starting on my nickel and dime packages? There you go. You're good to go. I said, all right. So, <laughs> there Kerry, you go. Kerry, really, he took you under his wing. He you? did. He really did. He Even in the summertime, I was doing that. He took me to Tuscaloosa. Man, I stayed in Tuscaloosa for a whole week with Kerry. So, Kerry. He's a good he, guy. Yeah, he is, man. He's great. He, he the one, he's the one that took me on his wing, man. Wow, that's a great story, Antonio. Hey, let's take our first break, or second break here on the Star Physical Therapy Kickoff Show. We're joined by Antonio Langham here on the show tonight. Matt Crocker and Brent Ashley will join me live from Legion Stadium around 6 o'clock. Stay with us. This is the Aggie Sports Network from Coosa Pines Federal Credit Union. The pregame meal is brought to you by Subway of Silicaga. Subway, make it what you want. Subway of Silicaga the official pregame meal of the Aggie Sports Network. Subway Silicaga, the official pregame meal of the Aggie Sports Network. Subway Silicaga, make it what you want. Two locations near you, Highway 21 and the Walmart Shopping Center on Highway 280. Silicaga hosting Andalusia tonight in the first round of the Class 5A playoffs at Legion Stadium. Kickoff set for 7 o'clock. It's Jeremy Law, Michael Adair, and the man who changed college football forever, Antonio Langham. Michael Ader, you're saying you hadn't seen that SEC story, just one of the better ones. And, and I think Antonio really did change college football as to what we know today. Yeah, he really did. I didn't see that 30 for 30, but I did see the article in the Birmingham News from four or five years ago where it talked about how in that 92 championship game, which was the first SEC championship game, and I was there and I was freezing in the end zone and I watched you intercept that pass when the game was tied and – the, the writer in the news said that it changed college football because if Alabama had lost the game, everybody was already saying we didn't need the conference championships. Right. But we went on and won, and, and you sort of made history in that thing, Antonio. And, and, and you know, we did not want that game. But uh, Commissioner Kramer, he, I guess he, he thought better of the situation. And, and, and the funny part about this, that, that whole game was there was no talk. They, 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 had, they had established this game, but there was no talk of overtime if this game went overtime. So when we're tied, when we're tied up 21-21, Commissioner Kramer and everybody's coming downstairs from, from uh, Legion Field on the elevator. They're coming downstairs because it's about three minutes left in this game. 
and there had been no discussion of overtime, so he was headed down to talk to the officials on how we would handle overtime if the game went overtime. And they, he said as he's coming down, everybody's in the elevator with him, the stadium erupts, and he was like, what happened, what happened? Anybody know what happened? And he said he, he couldn't get any information. He said when he get to the bottom, he says, uh, they said, man, Antonio just intercepted and returned it for a touchdown. He said, Mr. Kramer looked at everybody and said, Oh, we can go back up. <laughs> this is old with now. For, for all these young people listening that think this game's always been in Atlanta, they they may not realize that was in Legion Field, Antonio, back back when it was cold outside yeah. and it hurt you a little bit. Oh man, you it was it was a cold night that night. I tell people all the time, I didn't wake up, I didn't warm up until I saw sugar cubes flying. <laughs> that's right. They were throwing sugar cubes over the field. I said that's when I that's when I warmed up, but uh. You got a long history with Coach Saban, Antonio. You you played for him when when you were at the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. He was a, a defensive coordinator under Bill Belichick, and then with him at Alabama, I know you've had a lot of uh, interaction with him. Tell us tell us a little bit about your relationship with Coach Saban. If you got a good story you want to share or any of that kind of thing, I'm sure you might have that. Uh, well, we uh, we uh, <laughs> we we go back in '94. Actually, when when I was coming out in, in the draft, we had pro day. And I went through pro day, and then I had to go into Coleman Coliseum and do a whole another hour and a half workout for for Bill Belichick and Coach and, and Coach Saban. I had to go see those two in Coleman Coliseum, and they were the only two in Coleman Coliseum. And I did a whole another hour workout in Coleman Coliseum. I know I was I just done a three and a half hour workout, and I did another one. But they they were those two guys, man. They they are so thorough in what they do and what they looking for and what they want, and. Uh, Man, I I used to, I used to look at this guy. Once I finally got to Cleveland, I was like, he's pretty good at what he does. So my rookie year, we we, uh, this is a good story. Y'all like this one. That's when I knew. That's when I knew the man. He had he had some kahunas about himself. <laughs> he said. So we we were playing the Cowboys in Dallas, and the Cowboys had just won the Super Bowl the year before in '93. So '94, we in Dallas playing, and. The score is we we're up we up by four. Dallas has to score a touchdown in order to win the game. It's four seconds left in the game. They only got one play left. We call it we call it timeout. Belichick is yelling at Nick to go full blitz. He like bring the whole house and let's just try to get to to Aikman and win the game. Nick at this point now Nick is not believing in Belichick because four weeks earlier before. We had played the Giants, and we had the Giants fourth and 17. All we do is get out. We stop and get out of the field. That's the ball game. Bill calls it defensive coverage. Nick goes with it. They get they hit us for 25 yards. They win the game. So Nick was determined never to listen to Bill again, to be honest. <laughs> That's the truth now. It's fourth down, and Bill is yelling at Nick, Nick, go, blitz him, blitz him. And Nick is saying, you know, like he's still like he does now with his arms folded. He looks at Belichick a couple of times. He turns around, the official blows the whistle and calls us back out. And Nick looks at us and calls a totally different defense than what, what Bill told him to. We go out. They snap the ball. The same safety, Eric Turner, his uh, Novacek, on the two-yard line, stops him dead in his tracks, tackles him, ball game. We win. We running around. Helmets all on him. We looking for Nick. We can't find him. <laughs> This is the truth. We Belichick cannot was find him. him out. Uh-uh. We couldn't find him. He was so nervous about the defensive card that he had made because he went against Belichick. Because nobody went against Belichick. 
We couldn't find it. He was already in the locker room sitting down because he said, man, if this doesn't work, I know I don't have a job when we get back to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. But I told him, I said, okay. I said, after the game, we was on the plane going back. He come to the plane, the back of the plane. I looked, I looked at him. I said, hmm. You might have a little dog in you after. <laughs> so, I mean, you know you know Coach Saban pretty well. What happens when uh, Coach tells Pete Golden to call a defense and, and Pete calls a different Does Saban let that fly to Alabama right now, or how does that work? Saban lets nothing fly. So, <laughs> That's true. He, either Pete Golden catches on the sideline or he catches it in the, in the, in the meeting, in the coaches, in the staff meeting the next day. But more than likely, he catches it on the sideline with them here says, on, trust me. Those mics are not off. When you see him going on that rant, that <laughs> mic is on. <laughs> yeah, Antonio, you told us a good story off the air. I don't know if you can share that or not, but but the Saban and the safety kind of going out a little bit. Is oh that, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was just that was that was a fun day. That's why I tell people they was like he just looked so feisty. I'm like y'all act like Coach Saban was just a foot just a football coach all his life. The man was a football player. He played football at when well, was it Kent State. Yeah. He mm-hmm. played football. So he has a different mentality. He has a football player mentality first. So when we were in Cleveland, when when he when he and Eric Turner got into it that day, he did not back down. You're talking about five seven and six three. <laughs> we were waiting on this fight. We wanted to see it, but you know, guys got in between them. But he did not back down, and I was like, but that's why I would tell people he's a, he's a football. He'll tell people all the time. We standing together. He said, man. You want to hear some good stories about me? Talk to Antonio. You know? He'll tell people that. Yeah, he? he'll tell people all the time. You want to hear some good stories about me? Ask Antonio. He has a lot of them on me. So, yeah, and I guess you played for him in, in Cleveland. He obviously comes to Alabama. Your alma mater. Did you? Did you? I know we already won one at LSU, but did you feel like they were going to have this type of success when they hired Saban in 07? Is, could you imagine what Alabama's done over the last fourteen years? You know, what's was, was crazy is is when. Uh, LSU came to play Bama in Tuscaloosa one year, and I was at the game, and he was coaching at LSU at the time. And after the game, I get around to LSU locker room, and I and I go through the door, and of course, you know, everybody work for LSU, they're stopping me like, because here I am walking through the door with his Alabama shirt on, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I'm Antonio Langham, I played for Nick in in Cleveland. They were like, oh wait a minute, let me get him for you. So he man, he finally comes out of the back, and I mean, he comes around the corner. And he had this smile on his face when he's coming around the corner. And it, it 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 was just an inside thing. Back in the early 90s, everybody greeted each other with, what's up, dog? You yeah, know, what's right. up, that's dog? Right. So, <laughs> hey, that's right. That's the truth. So he comes around the corner, and when I and I see him, so I start walking to him, and both of us are smiling. And at the same time, we shake hands. He said, what's up, dog? <laughs> Antonio, a lot of our listeners may not realize that you were a volunteer coach last year. You came out here, volunteered your time, not only in football at Sulcai, but took a basketball team, a ninth grade team, or JV right. team. Uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about what you what you thought about Sulcai. What 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 did you see about the town, about the community that sort of inspired you? Because you told me you had a really good experience down here. Well, what, what I what I realized about Sulcai and, and the town. Is is everyone here in Silicon? They they love they love the community, they love their kids, and they and they love the, they love the program here, and and which is which is what as football coaches that's what you want. 
You want you want everybody like when you hear Coach Saban fussing about the student section and all that, all that matters. You you want the community and you need the community involved. You need the former players that played at Silicon. You need them involved. They need to come back around because these kids need to see the ones who play here before them, and they and they need to tell them what they what they what what they expected when they were playing. What was expected of them when they played at Silicon? All that works hand in hand. And and the thing was, you saw some guys come back when there wasn't wasn't enough that came back that should have been coming back, but. We we had the bag and we had we had we had really good kids, man. We we had a honestly, we had a really good football team last year at at, at Silicaga. The only thing, and I said this earlier and I'll say it again, the only thing that was missing with our football program, because we should have gone deep in the playoffs. The only thing that, that was missing with our football team is that mentality when things were going bad we still had an opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. When that mentality is not there and you and you find yourself in a dog fight, you find yourself down a little bit, that men, that mentality is supposed to kick in and say, We can still win this game. I don't don't sweat the small stuff. Let's just keep fighting and get back in and win the game. But that mentality wasn't there because it, it it's it's been programmed in them for a while now that when it when it when they get down and bad things are happening, the first thing happens is Oh, here we go again. You know, what's the but, recipe for getting out of that? You got to just got to win one of those games, or you got you 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 have to win. But that 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 mentality starts in the off season, off season training. It it starts it starts in the off season, and then it continues to run. It continues to run. You you can you can as coaches you can yell for you can yell for, but at some point something has to happen. During that season, it says, and 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 this is the truth. This is when I thought we were going. We had that mentality, because you you were there. You remember, we fought our tails off against Central Clay. We should have beat Central Clay. Yeah, yeah, we, we yep. should have, no doubt. We should have beat Central Clay that night. That is the best football game that I saw us play all year long. That we had that mentality that night. We had that. We had that. That look in our eyes. We had that. That that killer instinct in our eyes, and we fought Central Clay to the end. We we fought them to the end, and I thought, and I said, we've turned the corner. We have turned the corner, and we can play with this same mentality and this same attitude and this same aggressiveness the rest of the season. We can run deep in the playoffs, and and we never really saw it again. You know, you know yeah. what I mean. You can. Lose, I hate to you see can lose it. that if if you don't yeah. quite get there. Sometimes yeah. those teams will fall apart. You know, right? And we, and every week I, I kept trying to say, man, let's continue to play with the same attitude we played with against Central Clay. If we had to play with that same man, that mentality for the rest of the season, we would have ran deep in the playoffs. Man. You, you know, you said that Hazelwood had that. You know, when you grew up there, that you just felt like you you were going to win. You just right. show up right. and you had it here across your jersey, and we're right. going to win the game. Right, but you bet you it, also it, had some goods and Langhams. Right, that didn't hurt, <laughs> but, you know? but it's, 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 it's nothing wrong with, with having that mentality that when I line up every game, I'm gonna win it. Yeah, I don't. It's not called. It's not called cocky. It's called confident. Mm-hmm. If I'm not if I'm not confident in myself and the guys that I line up beside, who will be? That's right. And that 
And that night against Central Clay County, man, y'all guys, y'all trusted each other that night. Y'all trusted each other that night for every man to do his job. I promise you that night, I look, even after the game, I told Zal, I said, I don't believe in more victories. <laughs> I don't. I said, I said to him, I said, but look, bro, if we play with that same mentality the rest of the season and then going into the playoffs, we're going to go deep in the playoffs. Yeah, and I even thought we played with that mentality against Hopeful. You know, Twyman was hurt, missing right. starting center. Tough night in the trenches because those guys were playing both ways. Jacob Haynes would go on yeah. the defensive line. Chris at defensive end he had a bad hip injury, yeah. and he kind of hurt us in the playoffs too. But, I th- yeah, I think you're right, man. They played with that mentality throughout that whole that whole regular season. And, and it really, you could, Michael Adair, I don't know how much you watched last year. You've been at every game every this game. year. Yeah. But you, you kind of you see the twinkle in the kid's eyes thinking, all right, we're, we're, we're kind of turning the corner. And, um, and, and they've kind of been like that a little bit this year. Started off slow. And they reeled off six wins in a row. I mean, right. really blew the doors off of almost everybody they played until last week against, against a 6A school. Um, what? How did you feel like you guys left it last year, moving it into this year? I, I, I really, I really felt like that we, we, I felt like we left the program in, in a good in a good place in a good position. I think we, we, I think. Zow's, I think Zao's offense brought some new excitement and some new, some new, some new excitement and, and, and opened some eyes to, to the community. You know that that you know the ball was in the air a lot more. I, I, I know we played we played y'all a few years when I was at Calera, and yeah. it, it was just like y'all 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 more like ground and pound. You know what I'm saying? Ground and pound. It, I didn't have to worry about my secondary much then because it wasn't much throwing the ball. You know, but. You know, we, it it was it, it's. I, I felt like that we left the kids in 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 a position where, okay, you understand what's required. It was a different push. It was a different grind. And and and, and they were not. It was they weren't in a bad position when we got here. Right. Yeah. They, they they were in a good position when we got here. Made the playoffs eight yeah, years in we, a row. We were, they were in a good position when we got here. And I mean, all we had to do was just come in. And take the steering wheel and just keep pushing and just add a little bit more push and a little more push. We brought a list a little different change here, but and as far as offensive wise, but they were already it was already here. It was already here with just that. When you find yourself in that situation where you're down a little bit, you don't know if you can you can fight back and get in when the mentality kicks in. Oh, here we go again, you know. And and that was it. But man, it, what I want them to do. Friday night, man. Listen, I don't care what what you're doing in life. There's gonna be ups and downs to it. You're gonna face a little adversity. There's gonna be sudden change in life. There's gonna be sudden changes in the game. All I want them to do is if they happen, if they happen to get down in this game Friday night, all I want them to do is I want them to stick to the game plan. Stick to the game plan. Stick to the fight. And mentally tell themselves, "Hey, man, we can still win this game. We ain't out of it." I, I, I want them to go into. The, I want you. I really want them to go into the game cocky, right? I really do. I really want them to go into the game cocky. Like, man, we can we we can beat them though. They they don't have a chance at beating us. I really want them to go into the game cocky because if they go into it like that, that means that tells me that they're confident in the game plan. They're confident in the guys just lining up beside them. And then no matter what adversity they face Friday night, 
they can fight through that and still win the football game. I really do. I really want them to, I really want Pope and all them guys, Malik and all them guys, Brace and all them guys to just go into the game Friday night. You don't have to advertise it. You don't have to go around the community. So just walk out there in the game cocky. Like, man, like like they all got an S on their chest. Like, and the loser don't stand a chance. You know, even like if you that. don't say it, just just be cocky right. when you're going to no, it Friday. No, you're gonna win. Yeah, no, you're gonna win. Jeremy, I got a public service announcement I wanna make and I wanna ask Dr. Eller and Matt Hodge, our athletics director, to figure out a way to get Antonio Langham back in Sulacaya. Listen. He volunteered last year. We got to get this guy. We need to pay him because I've seen firsthand. First of all, is if kid, I was the AD, he'd already be here. Listen, <laughs> listen, I've seen the way the kids respect him. You see how everybody can listen to him. He's very charismatic. He's a great. Uh, he's a great person for these kids to look up to. There's nothing better Sulcock could do to fit, than figure out how to talk Antonio, how to get back down here, and and he may say, "Listen, I'm done." But his buddy Zal, who he followed around a lot, he's kind of moved on up to be a right. big dog. So we got to figure out a way to get him back here. I can tell you that. Well, man, I'll say this: I, I was able to go to a bunch of practices last year, do stories, and just there's just something about knowing. And it's kind of the same thing with Coach Carter this year. He's won a state title. The kids kind of look at him and say, "All right." He, he can get us there. But with the, the guys that Coach uh, Langham were coaching, your D. Wares, your Luke Vincent, yeah. the guys back, they look at him and say, all right, man, this, this guy's been in the yeah, NFL. This there, guy's man. been in a Pro Bowl. This guy's a first-round draft pick, won a national championship. You, you see that they saw that, and, and you could tell there's just a different swagger out there uh, on the defensive side of the ball. It, it, it was fun watching the guys play for you. Right. And, 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 the, and the good part about it was – and. You know, I I love my little brother Dev Zao, but Zao Zao is Zao is more. He has fun, but he's more straight laced when he's out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Me, <laughs> he'll he'll tell you, Mike. You know, he'll tell you I'm, I'm a little different character than <laughs> man. He is. And and the one good thing about it too is I used to I used to come to practice. I I may come to practice. I may be driving to practice, and I it'd be a certain song on the radio when I get out of the car. So I may come out to practice. And I go to dance, and you know, I go to singing the song, and, <laughs> and the kids know it. Then they'll go to laughing at me. And we had Brownfield. He used to always, he always used to mimic how I walk and how I talk and all that. So <laughs> yeah, we would have we would have fun with oh, it. And, and 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 what it was, I would like we I would make I would make practice fun. I'd yeah. be like it wouldn't make it where practice was just so so tense that and they they couldn't relax and enjoy. it. I come out there, I'd, I'd be joking and laughing. We go out there, especially they catching punts, they drop punts and punts hitting them in the head and all that. And I tell them, well, you know what? Go over there and catch the, go over there and catch field goals. You stay behind <laughs> and catch the field goals. You ain't caught a punt yet, and they would laugh at me. And then I make them do push ups, so they got tired of doing push ups. I told some of them, I said, y'all gonna be real, really strong by the time this season over. All, all the punts y'all are dropping, but it was fun, man. You made it fun. You. You, you helped them relax. That's we saw that. I saw that when you were over on the sideline. All the players just come running over there. You could tell that there was right. that kind of relationship. And and, and especially uh, Riley, basing. Yeah. He comes over there. He was like, Coach, man, I got to get this thing figured out at receiver. I said, nothing no different than last year. You're not focused. You're not focused. That's why you keep dropping the ball every time it's thrown to you. I said, and then you get down on yourself the, the moment something bad happens. Instead of just, okay, I, I dropped that one. I'm, I'm going to make the next catch. I said, focus on what you're supposed to do. Focus, pay attention, and do it. That's your problem. Your problem is once you get something happen, bad happen, you're so stuck on it, 
it destroys everything else you're trying to do. Just focus and, and relax and go out there and play. You're so uptight. I said, then stop worrying about how many people are going to hit you on your social media page after the game over. <laughs> That's your problem. I said, if you catch a touchdown or two, you don't have to worry about it. They're going to they text you anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he, he comes back after that. He catches a touchdown. And he goes to the house with it, but it was called back. And I, he was like, he still come on there. Coach, you see me go to the house. <laughs> Coach, you see me go to the house with that one. I said, you should have been going to the house all year. <laughs> Coach, I saw a good interview with Deion Sanders the other day. I know you were you played right there with Deion. You probably know him, I'm sure. But he said that the biggest problem he sees now that he's coaching is he said players practice to practice. He said, I used to pl- practice to be great. Right. And he said, nobody's right. out here practicing to be great. They're looking at how much time's left. They're going with somebody and say, hey, you go easy, I'll go easy. Right, he said, we right. didn't think like that. He said, we practiced to be awesome, and I wanted to be the best. And I know you did too. That's, and and that's, that, that, was one of the, that was one of the things last year I used to, I used to fuss at them about. We would, go, we would go one-on-one period, and everybody, everybody would pick out the one guy that they know they could win against. Yep. Oh, and I used to get mad. And one, I was, sometimes I would just shut the whole one-on-one period down Tell tell the receiver, uh, y'all go down here and give me the DBs over here, cause it w- it wouldn't make sense because you wouldn't go against the guys that's gonna make you better. Don't be calling out guys you know you could beat, because they're not gonna be the same guys you facing on Friday night. That's so right. man, we used to. That's how you. That's how you get that mentality. That's how you get better. And I used to tell them, I said, look, they were like, coach, how you managed to do all the stuff you did? I said because every day I practice, I played the game. Yeah, I was full speed every single day. And I'm gonna give y'all a quick story how it, how it changed. Going into the spring after my after my freshman year, Coach Oliver comes to me, and with the high pitched voice, he never called me Antonio. It was Anton. He's Anton. <laughs> He's Anton. You going in as my starter at left corner in the spring? Now he said your job to lose. Oh, so what did he tell me that for? Oh, I hit the strip that night. Me and Mike, <laughs> hey, Mike, me and, me, and, me and Mike Rogers. You remember Mike Rogers played linebacker? Yeah. Oh, we hit the, we were spring to spring practice. We hit the strip that night. We, man, I'm going to start line up at Bama. We hit the strip. We come in that next day for practice, and then it's on top of me. <laughs> I mean, all over me. Mm. And I'm out there, and I am going through the motions at practice. And Who he, were, you tra- were you trying to pick out and hit David Palmer and some of them? Or you no, I wasn't looking for them guys at that point in time. <laughs> I know if you ever hit this, he's going to get mad. I was looking for somebody like that boy. That boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for somebody like that boy. <laughs> we, can, we can send it to Zal. <laughs> he, he can share with the Dabo. Oh, man. Nah. <laughs> I was looking for somebody like that boy, Curtis Brown, somebody at that moment. So, That's man, he, Mike, he goes at I mean, he pulls me out of Man, in front of everybody, he kicks me out of practice. Anton, get out of practice. I mean, get out now. And he says, son, I've been comparing you to some of the guys, the great guys I ever coached, like Tommy Wilcox, Jeremiah Castillo, Don McNeil, Darnell Wolf and Clemson. He's all these guys. He's but son, if you keep giving me the type of practice you're giving me, I swear to God, you'll be back in Town Creek, Alabama, digging ditches for a living. <laughs> You know, the worst thing for a man is to get that image in his head. He kicked right. me out. I'm, oh, I'm on the sideline on my helmet. Nobody around me. I'm sitting. I got my head down. <laughs> I close my eyes. And all I see is myself throwing this dirt out this bitch. <laughs> and everybody in town creek riding through talking about, hey, man, what time you get off? We're going to be hanging over down there. We're going to be hanging out under the tree when you get off. <laughs> <laughs> on the tailgate. That's it. Hey, that was it. 
That was it. I I promise you, I ain't never had I never had another practice like that at Bama ever again. I was I was not gonna be throwing dirt for nobody. A, that is a great story to end this one on. Unfortunately, Copes, we're we're about at the about the hour mark here. Now the first hour of the Star Physical Therapy Kickoff Show. Uh, last message you want to send to the Aggie fans that are listening as we get ready for tonight against Andalusia. To to the Aggie fans, I want to say. Uh, for me, for myself, for Coach Zhao, thank y'all so much for for everything. I, even though it, it was brief, and and I mean, we didn't want it to be brief, but I I, I had to understand. We all had to understand that it was a great offer from a, from a little brother for Andrew and Zhao, and yeah, there was an opportunity he couldn't pass up, and we we had a great time that this 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 one year, the year we had last year at Silicaga. I think and I feel like that the program is in, 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 a, in a good position in a good hand with Coach Carter. And I just want to say to you guys, thank you. Continue to support them kids. Continue to, to push them. Continue to make sure they're doing the right thing. I, as Mike throwing a gauntlet out there, so ain't no telling. I might be here <laughs> helping push it along. <laughs> we got one problem, Jeremy. If Silicaga wins – you know, we've had pretty good guests. We might have a drop-off next week on our pregame gonna, show. We, it may have to pull Barrett Jones or somebody yeah, next week. I don't know. It's going to be tough, man. <laughs> Coach, Great. thanks so much, man. Hey, we appreciate your so time. Thank you so much for having me, man. It don't get any better than that, I can tell you that. That's Antonio Langa right here on the Star Physical Therapy kickoff show. Brent Ashley, Matt Crocker, they'll join me live from Legion Stadium when we come back. This is the Aggie Sports Network from Coosa Pines Federal Credit Union.